ladies and gents, uh, Santosh here, back with the Dynamo Take. Up in uh, traveling all the way from the Pacific Northwest back home to our own backyard in Nashville, uh, where Caitlin joined me earlier this week, and we kind of sat down and looked through what's kind of been transpiring, what might be driving trends or, or kind of influencing the way people think. So let's recap what's gone on in the last couple of weeks on the autonomous front. As it relates to Uber, they have gotten rid of about 20 employees related to their sexual harassment scandal. After the investigation, they've also brought in more diversity at the top. But I think really what got everybody really going was last week where they went ahead and they fired Mr. Otto himself, Lewandowski. Mr. Lewandowski no longer works at Uber. So what does that mean? I think what it means is, one, that might to some degree, show proof that Uber does not necessarily or did not necessarily know what it got truly when it hired him. Uh, They might not have spent the time to diligence it, uh, was just aware that uh, he had pulled together a talented team and was working on a large problem that Uber, too, was aligned with. And it might actually turn out that Waymo's the biggest winner still to date in autonomous cars. And they might be the ones leading consumer mobility, where Lyft now has struck its third partnership with Newtonomy. So they are kind of starting to spread out, capitalizing on the weakness that Uber's facing. A lot of it, you know, credit to the, the Google lawsuit. But uh, I think if we think about the, the full stack and the various players, I think right now it looks like Waymo might potentially be the, the high-tech winner. Perhaps somewhere in there, GM is also the OEM that benefits. And then when it comes to the distribution side of things, so the actual summoning and routing of the asset, Lyft actually looks like it's made some moves. So let's see where all this pans out. It's still going to be a saga and one that I'm sure all of us are still going to find a lot of fun in some shade and fraud type way. Another thing, so uh, Maple and Sprig have shut down. Um, We continue to see a lot of pressure in the food delivery business. Uh, Blue Apron filed its S1 last week. You guys can see my tweets. I was sitting at the Vancouver airport, um, really sleepy, digging through their S1. And it is super hard to make the unit economics work here. And what happened in the Maple and Sprig cases is that uh, venture capitalists seem to have lost faith in the fact that they could subsidize growth, but there would never actually be a tipping point where the unit economics would go positive and they would actually start to earn a return on all that capital invested in the name of customer acquisition. Going through the Blue Apron S1, you can go through the MDNA and you'll see that it actually feels like the sales and marketing is a real wild card here. Everything else is actually quite controllable or are known pain points or areas that the management team needs to stay focused on. But it's kind of like, hey, uh, our competitive environment's uh, so competitive that in any given quarter, we might have to dump a lot more money than the previous quarter in sales and marketing efforts, which includes discounts. One thing that could 
potentially help with this is the fact that they're starting to launch in select markets tangentially related product lines such as wine, as well as expand their menu offering where it becomes a one-stop shop for meal delivery. And that might be what they need to do. And they actually now need to really very quickly and aggressively expand the menu of offerings to drive retention and upsell uh, within their user base. This morning, um, well, from last week through this morning, rather, there's a lot of talk around ocean freight and the way pricing has gone. The Wall Street Journal has done a a quick piece on the state of the shipping industry in three charts. And let's just focus on containers here. Last March, if you wanted to get a container from Asia to the U.S. West Coast, so let's say L.A., San Fran, so on and so forth, it was under a thousand bucks. It was well under a thousand bucks. It was around seven hundred. Today, or in May rather, it's closer to fourteen hundred. So you're actually seeing some. Uh, strengthening in container pricing, but that's also on the back of a large failure in the Hanjin shipping company. And you also have a couple Nordic players that are kind of teetering on that edge of being actually even a viable business and stemming bankruptcy. And I think what we've seen is that there's a lot of supply put on over the last decade or so of ships. As lines start to fail, it might actually bring us to an equilibrium. And perhaps that also makes an interesting point for more innovative companies to come into the market where uh, we've seen headlines around autonomous driving efforts on sea vessels. Perhaps the true entry point, because timing can really be the tipping point between success and failure. Perhaps the timing is coming very near where we see a lot of these autonomous efforts really take flight and turn into viable businesses. Moving on from that, let's talk about Walmart and Amazon. Wow. I think everybody can agree that Walmart has been on an acquisition tear uh, from Jet to Moose Jaw to their more niche male and female apparel purchases. The big question is, so what happens next? What is Walmart trying to do? How is Amazon counter? Who is going to be the winner? Is the winner not going to be either of them? And I think over the last couple of weeks, we've seen Walmart close out their shareholder meeting and also announce that they're going to have their associates now do last mile, which on the surface sounds genius. And it sounds genius because uh, if you look at the location of Walmart super centers, 90% of Americans live within 15 miles of one. Uh, Because my first question was, do associates actually really live anywhere near the potential customers of this delivery service? And the answer is no matter what, yes, because there's such a strategic density to the Walmart chain. Uh, but then furthermore, you know, they've been kind of on this uh, intelligent price war where we're realizing that Prime is not always the cheapest thing for any given item, that Walmart actually might be cheaper. But then Amazon came out this week and they basically said that they are going to cut Prime for low-income families. Mind you, this is the target demographic of Walmart. This is, these are the folks that are sticky, that come week after week and really have the high retention cohorts if you were to look through that at Walmart. But Amazon's now attacking them and offering them uh, a heavily discounted, about 50% off of Prime. And what that's going to do is that's really going to get them going on the platform because with that, think about what they get. They get music. 
They get media entertainment, so movies and TV, as well as the uh, discounted shipping. So I think a lot of interesting things are going to unravel there. Mind you, both have been very public in saying that what's driving this is their logistics evolution. They would not be able to do this if their logistics has not been evolving or if they have not, or if they had not uh, invested heavily for years and continue to do so in logistics-related technologies. But with that, I'm going to sign off here. I'll be back in a couple weeks. Cheers.